Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Keep your texts coming through and I'll read a heap of them out. 0433981116. The all-new Temper Pro, T-E-M-P-U-R Temper. The Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Always great to have a chat to Simon Hill, host of the Global Game, 8pm tonight across the SEN network. Heaps to get to in the world game and uh, great to have you back on, Simon. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. Uh, a couple of your warnings always ring in my ears, and uh, one of them you gave me about a month ago when Tottenham were flying was, it's only early, um, and they've, well, the honeymoon's over for Ange. How's he going? Well, they're struggling at the moment. Obviously, they uh, they lost to Aston Villa, which is their third loss on the spin at the weekend. Um, in mitigation, you'd probably going to say that they've got a lot of injuries to contend with uh, and suspensions. They had a couple of those at the weekend as well. Uh, so, you know, it was always going to be this way. Um, I, I think people here, and it's understandable because, you know, it's an Australian coach and, you know, people are popping their chests out. Um, <clears throat> I think they were thinking it was going to be a breeze towards this Premier League side. There was never going to be that. Uh, there's a long way to go. Uh, Tottenham uh, certainly challenges, uh, definitely for the top four, maybe even the title itself. Uh, but they, they've just been brought back to the pack over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not the first team to have lost a game or two this season. Uh, it happens to the best of them. So, um, yeah, maybe a little bit of a reality check. But uh, I, I think once those injuries clear up, they get the suspended players back, uh, they'll be back on an even keel. Aston Villa are going okay as well. They lost to Aston Villa. They're up to fourth and Tottenham down to fifth. But uh, the hard part for Tottenham is they face your team next, Man City. Yeah, that'll be a tough game for them. But, uh, you know, for City as well. And uh, City weren't able to win at the weekend either. Uh, Even though they dominated the game against Liverpool, really. Took the lead through Erling Haaland. uh, Had the chances to finish off the game and get the points secure. But uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold got an equaliser with 10 minutes to go. Uh, so, you know, City will be uh, will be looking to win against Tottenham uh, uh, next weekend as well. That game, I think, is on Sunday. I think City have got European action to come first during the week. And, you know, City have got a couple of problems too with uh, John Stones being out, uh, who's a big loss. It, it really affects the way that City play. So Tottenham are a chance. Maybe one or two of those injuries might have healed. Uh, it'll be a fascinating contest. And, uh, you know, obviously, good to see Ange Postacoglu going to pitch his wits against arguably the best coach of the modern era, Pep Guardiola. And Pep's got a bit of a job to do because Arsenal and Liverpool are 
Both going okay. And again, it's still only early, but uh, there's a bit of a three-way battle at the top. Well, I think you can, you know, include Tottenham in that as well. Um, again, it's, you know, it's very, very early. Uh, you know, the, the table uh, is only 13 games old. Arsenal are cleared by a point at the moment. Uh, City and Liverpool and Aston Villa and Spurs all within four points. So, you know, even Manchester United are only six behind. So it's it's very early days. There's a lot of big games to be played. Um, as a lot of people have said before, the periods around Christmas where the games come thick and fast, and then at Easter as well, they normally set, sort out the men from the boys because it tests your squad depth. You're bound to pick up some injuries. Now, Spurs are, are picking them up early. So, you know, maybe that's important that things will get better for them in those periods because those players will be back by then having missed a few matches. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very early to pick a winner from this uh, from this stage. Too early to be worried if you're down the bottom end. Everton's story, the deduction of points, is going to be one of the bubbling stories of the year whilst they stay in the relegation zone. Well, of course. And, you know, that 10-point deduction has put them in the bottom three. Uh, the club are going to appeal. Um whether that's going to cut any ice with the Premier League, I'm not, I'm not sure. And, of course, it opens up a bigger can of worms as to what happens to the likes of Manchester City and Chelsea, both of whom are, are facing charges uh, from the Premier League as well. If Everton get 10 points for their misdemeanours, which uh, numbers only one, uh, even though you know they've overspent by quite a bit, then people are speculating what on earth is going to happen to Manchester City because they're facing 115 charges. Uh, are they relegated all the way down to, uh, you know, League One or League Two? Who knows? Uh, there's a there's a long uh, story to play out with all of this, and of course they are uh, different charges, not the same. Um, but if Everton's uh, penalty sticks, then you know you you wonder whether clubs in previous seasons, because Everton have been involved in relegation battles for at least two of the last three seasons whether those clubs that did go down are going to you know, consider going after compensation. This is, there is precedent for this. Sheffield United did it in, I think, 2007 when West Ham were found guilty of uh, a breach of third-party ownership rules with uh, two players, Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascherano. So, you know, they had to pay a, an awful lot of money to Sheffield United who were relegated and, of course, suffered the financial consequences. So it's, it's a big can of worms that uh, the Premier League has opened and uh, you hope they, they know what they're doing. Otherwise, there could be an awful lot of litigation cases coming over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, it's a story that's going to keep bubbling over probably at some stage. Uh, 3-0, man, you over Everton, by the way. And Alejandro's and Alejandro Ganacho's scissor kick was a ripper. It was uh, one of those highlights that's going to get replayed for uh, a few decades to come. Yeah, super goal. Um, and, you know, giving United a, a much-needed win, of course, over Everton, which was a tough place to go because of all the emotions surrounding that 10-point deduction. The Everton fans uh, distributed 38,000 flyers with uh, the message Premier League is corrupt on them. Uh, so the emotions were always going to be in favour of uh, Sean Dyche's team, and it's a tribute to United's professionalism that they got that job done for all of you know, the opprobrium that's been thrown at United this year. Uh, their recent Premier League form is actually pretty good, and uh, that goal from Garnacho will be replayed for years to come. It was an absolute beauty. Reminiscent, actually, I thought of Mark Hughes, a former Manchester United player, uh, scoring for Wales against Spain many, many years ago. 
Good to think back, and uh, it's, it's good to talk some international footy too. Get a few texts when you're on. I'm just back from Germany where, uh, obviously, there was a, uh, some dramas with Bayern Munich and my mum's German, so I kind of was born into that kind of family, and I've been to watch them play before, and I've been over there. But uh, some of the other comps around the world, Serie A, Inter, I think, are top from Juventus, and Real Madrid have settled out on top in La Liga. Uh, what, do you, what do you keep your eye on? I know you keep your eye on that all, but what do you watch most when it comes to the world part of the world game? Well, look, obviously, you know, my stock and trade is covering the A-League, uh, which we haven't talked about yet. But mm. uh, the, the Premier League, you know, being English, of course, that's the, the, the league that I watch. But um, I, I keep an eye across all the big leagues and, and the stories that are going around. Um, and at the moment, you know, in Spain, for example, Girona are surprising a few people. That could be a Leicester City story in the making. Uh, part of the City Football Group, incidentally, which is... Mm. Again, interesting um, and may draw some attention at, at some point further down the line. In Germany, similar story by Leverkusen, um, who've never won the league. In fact, the, the, they have the nickname Bayern Leverkusen because they've <laughs> finished runners-up five times. Uh, but they're having a good start to the season. So there's some interesting storylines around the old continent. But, uh, you know, my stock in trade is, is the A-League. That's, that's what I cover week in, week out, our own competition. Well, let's get to that then. Uh, there's some drama at Man City and uh, sorry, Melbourne City, and they're they're struggling a bit. Change of coach. Uh, there's been a lot of drama whilst I was away. Yeah, well, you know, Melbourne City have had a big turnover in in uh, players as well as uh, the coach Rado Vidicic, who uh, was dumped after a, a poor start to the season. Already, Vidmar came in. They got an immediate spike by beating Sydney FC, but. Uh, they, they've fallen back again at a draw against MacArthur, which they only salvaged late on. Uh, and then defeats in, in Wellington at the weekend where Jamie McLaren saw a penalty save by Alex Paulson. So, you know, City have been brought back to the pack this season. Unfortunately, this is what happens with uh, salary caps, which are not built for our sports. Mm. You know, we, we lose a lot of players during the off-season and some clubs rebuild better than others. Uh, I still think City will be okay. They've got some terrific players. Uh, Jamie McLaren, I've mentioned. They've got some injuries as well. Matt Leckie, Andrew Naboot are going to be out for a decent chunk of the campaign. Uh, but they've also made some good signings. Tolga Arslan in particular, I think, is a terrific player. So I don't hold too many fears for City. I think they will come back. But, uh, you know, clearly it takes time for a new team and a new coach to gel. Up the top end, or City's, I think, ninth and Melbourne victory about fifth, but the top end, Western Sydney, Wellington, Adelaide United. Uh, Western Sydney's having a pretty good year, but again, it's only early. Well, Western Sydney Wanderers won the big game of the weekend, uh, the Sydney Derby in front of nearly 30,000 at uh, Allianz Stadium. That's the third time in a row uh, that they've defeated their great rivals on their own patch. Um, A goal by a former Sydney FC player, strangely enough, Zach Sapsford, Uh, They're going to be one of the teams to beat this season. There's no doubt about that. They've got a very solid defence. They've only conceded two goals all season. I think that was their fourth clean sheet out of five at the weekend against uh, Sydney FC. Wellington are probably the surprise packets at the moment under Giancarlo Italiano. He didn't make too many off-season signings after taking over from uh, Orphan Talley, but they've they've done pretty well. And tucked in just behind, Adelaide United who were big winners over Western United at the weekend as well. Carl Beard always has a competitive team, uh, made up almost entirely of of young players with a smattering of experienced heads thrown in. So they're going to be there or thereabouts. As you say, though, it's still only very early, five or six games in, long way to go. But uh, if I had to pick a team that's 
you know, there for the Premiership uh, at the moment, I, I would certainly say the Wanderers, not just because they're top, but because, uh, as I say, they've got a very, uh, very solid defence. And if you want to see the team that's best in the comp, Friday night, Brisbane Raw and Western Sydney is uh, where the A-League kicks off this weekend. You've been pushing for promotion relegation for a long time, Simon, uh, on this network and uh, every other network you've been part of for the long time you've been part of the promotion of the game in Australia and you're finally getting your way. It's uh, going to happen. I'm not, not sure exactly when, but at least they've named the teams that are in the running for that second tier comp. Well, yes, we've we've learned the makeup of the second division, or at least the the first eight foundation clubs. Uh, there are probably going to be two or even four more uh, added before it kicks off in 2025. Um, promotion and relegation, of course, is the ultimate goal. It's not going to happen immediately, uh, either either into the A League or out of the national second division. Uh, it'll need a period of uh, solidification, if that's the right word. I'm not even sure that is a word, to be honest. Mm. But uh, they'll they'll need to. You know, prove that it works, uh, and then if it does and it's a success, then I think the argument over promotion relegation will come pretty quickly. And you know, from my point of view, so long as it's sustainable, the sooner the better. I think it's it would be a a great point of difference for our code in this country. It would uh, generate an awful lot of interest, not just at the top of the table, but of course down at the bottom where clubs will be fighting against the top. Uh, and that's what we need in this country. We need more meaningful games. I know they don't have it in the other codes. Well, that's okay. That, that's their problem. Um, but for our sports, you know, th- this is a global uh, phenomenon. And the sooner we have it in this country, the better. And I, I think we can, you know, we can blaze a trail uh, on, on behalf of our game by doing that. But uh, first things first, let's get the second division up and running, which will start in 2025. Give it a couple of years to to, to find its feet, and uh, then let's start talking promotion relegation. Was it wrong to break with some of those old traditional ties, ethnic ties, if you like, when the A League was formed? And is it going to be kind of cool to have, you know, Preston Lions, South Melbourne, Melbourne Knights, Sydney Olympic, etc., um, you know, in the A League eventually? Well, look, I think at the time, um, it was probably a move that was supported by most people. I thought it was it was time for a fresh start. The old National Soccer League was moribund. And there's been a, a, you know, a fair bit of historical revisionism that's gone on in the interim. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who, who tell me that you know the stadiums were packed in the days of the old NSL, and that's not necessarily true. Now, it's, it's also true that the A-League has uh, you know, had some problems along the journey, certainly does at the moment. Uh, and in the short to medium term, I, I think it's time to unite the game. Um, you know, the new clubs have, have done a good job by and large, but uh, we could certainly do with, you know, some of that old school flavour and certainly some of their football know-how, uh, you know, that for, for whatever problems they may have had in the past, uh, the likes of South Melbourne, Sydney United, Melbourne Knights, Sydney Olympic, uh, Adelaide City, you know, they knew the game. They knew how to produce players um, and how to integrate those youngsters into their senior teams. They they are part of, you know, the bigger football story. Not the only part uh, of the history of the game, but uh, they're important. And, uh, yeah, we, we need to be united as a game. And too often we've been fragmented over the last 20 years. So I think this is a positive start towards that uh, reconciliation, if you like, and the sooner we have a fully interconnected pyramid with all the clubs involved, the better. And we lost Terry Venables as well, who uh, has a high standing in Australia's history and uh, 
and world history? He does. Um, yeah, Terry Venables passed away at the age of uh, 80. A very popular figure, a very charismatic guy. I interviewed him once or twice many years ago. Uh, he was in charge of uh, Australia, of course, uh, in that ill-fated 1998 World Cup qualifying campaign. I guess there's still a sense of, you know, what if had they qualified uh, against Iran in 97, which really they should have done. Uh, it was at the dawn of that golden generation with the likes of Kuehl and Viduka and Lazaridis and Slater and all of those other great players from the past. But sadly, they didn't make it and uh, we'll never know. He went close to winning the European Championships with England the year before. Uh, he won trophies uh, both as a player and as a manager with Tottenham, with Barcelona. Um, he was an entrepreneur. He, he owned a nightclub as early as the 60s. Mm. He co-wrote a TV show for ITV called Hazel. Um, he was mm. so much more than just a football man, but uh, obviously that's what he'll be remembered for most. And uh, we'll miss him. He, he was a terrific guy and his teams played terrific football. Kept you for a while today, Simon. Uh, appreciate you joining me long form. Uh, what's on the show tonight at eight before you go? Uh, we've got Mark Jackson coming on. He's uh, the new coach of the Central Coast Mariners. They uh, got off the mark finally in the F3 derby of the weekend against the Jets. Uh, there'll be one of my spiels about uh, the latest issues with the pitches in the A-League and uh, the oversized stadiums and the early kickoffs. Uh, and we'll have all our regulars. Spencer Pryor will talk a bit about Terry Venables, of course, Alicia Carnavas on the Matildas, and uh, Paul Williams with Football Asia. So another another busy show at 8 o'clock tonight. Great to have you, Simon. Host of the Global Game, 8pm tonight across the SEN network, or you can download it in your spare time anytime you like. Uh, we'll talk soon. I appreciate it. Cheers, Wayne. Simon Hill joining us, host of the Global Game. Back to your calls. A couple of texts, 0433981116. If you'd like to send through a text on that 40 Wings Temper text or the open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, by the way, 1300 736 736. The Werribee Kia open line. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, where else? We'll take a couple of your calls after the break on 1300 736 736.